I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show podcast. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. We are in the Longo Biggs studios. Longo Biggs online at longobigs.com. Timothy Michael McKernan, Jackson Burkett. We are recording this podcast on November 20th, 2023. And Jackson is in a bad place mentally. We're going to workshop through that, though, I think. Um, because Missouri basketball lost to Jackson State last night, and uh, and the people are are, are are jumping on Jackson about it. It's not fair. Be better, people. Thank I you. mean, it is what it is. I expected it when I saw the loss last night. I go, oh boy, I'm gonna have to deal with it tomorrow. Uh, but that's just the nature of the beast. You wear your heart on your sleeve, and people like to take advantage of a boy like you. I yes. However, I will take that, and I'll take everything that goes along with it, because for me. Like, just simply caring a lot about it is worth it. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely worth it. The emotional uh, equity I put onto everything in terms of Missouri football and basketball is always worth it. You allow yourself to be hurt. You love completely. Yes, yes. I love, And I love unconditionally. Oh, my gosh. And so I'll still watch. I'll still be rooting hard for them. Bragging rights game will still be a ton of fun to go to. And, uh, yeah, it just sucks. It sucks, but... I also understand that it's not the end of the world. Okay. How about an email about the decline of civilization to make you feel better? Oh, that's a fun thought experiment. Hi, Tim. By the way, you can always uh, email in for QFTA, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N, at InsideSTL.com. Will we get an erotic story before the holiday season? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good good business decision right there for me. Thank you. Thank you. I'll say, I mean, based on past pattern, no. It's over. No. But the Yuletide season does, kind of brings people together. Will you be going out on the night before Thanksgiving and looking for strange, my strange, a high school lover? Uh, Yes, I will. Maybe not a high school lover per se. Well, someone you went to high school with, not necessarily a, you know, somebody who's going to prom in eight months. Yeah, yeah. I'll (laughs) No, definitely not that, but... uh, yeah, I'll be there with some people from high school. And uh, the the night before Thanksgiving, uh, oftentimes Skanksgiving. Right, 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 right. But the new term is Blackout Wednesday. Do you like that? No, it's Skanksgiving. Um, it's kind of turned into New Year's Eve. Uh-oh. Where it's a night where people put too much stock on it, and it's never as fun as you think it is. And it was actually probably more fun when it was kind of just like underground, like everyone kind of just hangs out in their hometown and drinks. Now people buy tickets at these bars, and there's wow. VIP services, and some bars you can't even get into. because Really? Yeah, it's crazy. So, so how are you handling this? 
I bet you and Oatmeal have something lined up. Uh, I think Oatmeal actually will be yes. in town on Wednesday. I hope so. Feel good. Hope to see him. I know a bunch of my friends will be coming in town. That's the other thing too is like when you live in St. Louis and you went to Mizzou, you're balancing both your high school friends and your college friends because you want to see everybody, but it's almost impossible to do so. So you kind of all go to the same area, but then like I said, some bars you need a ticket to get into. It's a little bit too much, but I'll still be out there and still be having fun. You feel me looking for ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know why. I was like, I was like mid two thousands ad libs from <laughs> Auto Tune came in there like a Justin Timberlake song, but I liked it. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll be looking for that. Good for you. Thank I like you. to. Yeah, I like to hear that. I'll be looking for my bed <laughs> uh, probably around nine o'clock. Um, yeah, got. Uh, I just I went on the TMA fan page, posted a picture of Rudy with Jesse Jane when you were eleven mm. at the Inside STL. I guess it would have been fourth anniversary party. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that leads to. As far as um, I said, we're doing an emergency QFTA because it is a shart week. It is it's the Thanksgiving week, and uh, we have sound stories tomorrow and Wednesday. I want to free you up to be able to get out and enjoy yourself and enjoy the holidays and chase that ass. Right. Um, and uh, just want to make sure we we tend to QFTA. So I'm like, hey, if there's something if there's something that people want to ask, I'll put it out there. Wow, we're getting we're getting questions here. Maybe we won't have to uh, we won't have to go down this QFTA late state civilization. The loudest person in the room is usually the smartest. Right? I'm exhausted. Email. Boy, seems like someone who's wow. It is. It is. I appreciate it. Actually, I like this email. I remember getting it. He sent it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, this will be a good QFTA, but God almighty, is it long. Uh, while I'm on my red, another thing that drives me nuts is the state of politics and religion. I grew up strict Catholic, altar boy and all. The concept of God and an afterlife's a beautiful thing. Unfortunately, I can't bring myself to believe it as an adult. I'm envious of people who truly believe, and that isn't even really the meat of the email. Well, he said, like, <laughs> I know I'm while on this rant. Now I'll get into politics and religion. So if what's the first part about it if he's already been on this rant? I'll give you a deep tease. And it's tough to find, like, the spot to... Because it is a good email. I'm not mocking it. It really is good. Um, you've said that your dad says that he doesn't get bent out of shape when the economy changes because it's cyclical. I agree to an extent. What scares me is that we've shown as a society that we cannot handle social media. In my opinion, it's made the average person less happy. Couple social media with the unimaginable unimaginable change that artificial intelligence will have on our society, and I feel we have a recipe for collapse of our civilization. Hmm. Government, the U.S. dollar, voting, all of these things require faith in the overall system to sustain. This is a meaty email. So it's there if you want it. Okay. Now, Jackson and I are sitting in the Longo Big Studios at 11.11. Make a wish. Guess what I just wished for? Don't ruin it, though. No, but I know. Okay, yes. I really did. I I, a literal literal leg lock. Um, But you have a a lunch date with the boy (laughs) at 12.30, so we're on a hard out. Yeah. So let me go to the questions that have been posed in the TMA fan page for the emergency QFTA. And there are currently two that are a little lighter fare. Do you feel like eating light or do you feel like eating heavy? It's up to you. Here are the two questions. Are you looking or hoping to do anything new or different next year with TMA? And what is the best poker day story you have? Weirdest hand, coolest person you met, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you get, you, get, you get light fare with two questions 
or we're going down deep and you'll miss lunch and dinner. <laughs> um, I guess we can start with the lighter fare. Okay. And then if, uh, if, I, if my appetite grows deeper and deeper, maybe we can tackle uh, the end of civilization. Okay. <laughs> That's where these are things. This is the place. This is the vestige where people, where these things get solved. I love the range of emails I get for this podcast. World class. It really is something else, and I appreciate it. And uh, God bless the people who support it. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. Uh, also, uh, the wonderful people at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Finally, I, even though I say finally, it's not like something I'm looking forward to. It looks like Jackson in St. Louis. We are hitting. The cold temperatures. We got to go to, oh, until November nineteenth. Yeah, I mean, I played golf on Friday. I went hiking yesterday. Does that surprise you? Mm, yes and no. Where was it? Where like where were you hiking? Is the yeah, I mean, it's not like I was out at the Rocky Mountains no. or on Camelback. Were you on Castlewood? Castlewood, yeah. Yeah, it's a great spot. Okay, super lovely. So yesterday was our twelfth wedding anniversary. We were planning on celebrating it Saturday. I was ill, so we did it yesterday, and uh, and so we. Uh, my wife sent me like a bunch of ideas. She goes, I'm sure you won't want to do most of this stuff, but here's it. And I'm like, you know what? And I don't know why. Hiking sounds really good to me. And that's usually not my thing. But I think I'm at a point now where the idea of being around no one sounds so good that I'm like, oh, I'll be able to talk with my wife without two children running around or, you know, it just sounded good. And I loved it. Yeah. I really did. It's a great fall activity. You know, it's a, a nicer day, you know, not too cold, not too warm. You get to see the foliage. Foliage. Yeah, you get to see the leaves on the ground. Is that Castle- the Merrimack River? Is that what that is? I just I assume so. any river you see in St. Louis, unless it's a monster like the Missouri or Mississippi, it's the Merrimack. It just yeah. seems like it's all over the place. Yeah, it's cool. They got great trails there. You can see some really cool vistas nice some midwestern vistas nice i like a nice hike it's a good first date i enjoyed it uh yeah we uh we're celebrating our 12th anniversary so uh, but it was still warm out uh relatively speaking for november 19th and uh, now it's not going to be so get that furnace tuned up at design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com and work with the great seth Goldcamp. doug vaughn and i are both clients i had my furnace tuned up uh, about a month ago and we're ready to go for the cold weather. You do the same with Design Air Heating and Cooling, official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Mark Hanna is a wonderful gentleman. You talked to him last week, mm-hmm. and you're deploying some capital into the Pacific market. With just to you know, just to name one, yeah, certainly the Pacific. I'm all over the place, really. Diversity and diversifying your, right. your portfolio is so key. But more so than that, working with someone like Mark Hanna is the key, man. After a conversation with him, I'm telling you, uh, if you're someone who's on the fence or it's like, ah, I don't know if I need a financial guy, I just I'll figure it what out. What are you, it's, damn fool? That's what I'd say. Yeah, under my breath, I'd say, what are you, damn fool? Yes. But publicly, I'll say, just have a conversation with Mark Hanna. Have that first conversation with them, and by the end of it, I'm very confident you're going to be like, okay, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about, and he not only knows what he's talking about, but he's such a good communicator. He's someone I want to have in my corner going forward, especially with something as important as your financial future. You don't want to mess around with that. Don't mess around with it. Work with Mark Hanna. There you go. And you can uh, by calling 314-889-0503. Go online at evergreenstl.com. And if you are looking for a new vehicle or to get a pre-owned vehicle, buying, leasing, getting your car serviced, even if you didn't get it from Munganest, do so by going to stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. It's Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, and work with the great Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganest, and Ryan Cyberg in the service department. Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and 
Alton Toyota, wonderful sponsors of the podcast. Oh, wow, boy, we're getting some good uh, questions here in the QFTA thread on the TMA fan page. All right, let's start with this one. Are you looking or hoping to do anything new or different next year with TMA? And that is from Adam. And I don't know if Adam is his full name out there. It's also Adam I on the TMA fan page. I, uh, I always am because I am not comfortable with being comfortable. Holy fuck. Mm. I amazed myself. But I'm not. I don't know if that'll ever change. For example, my wife and I talk about Sound Story, which is why I took a couple of days off last week to work on that. We just launched it as Jackson and I are talking today in Seattle, Minneapolis, Cincinnati, and West Palm. And uh, that took a lot of work, as you might imagine, to do that. And I got sick. That's why I was sick this past weekend. And I said to my wife, I said, yeah, if, you know, something were to happen and we were to sell it, I'm not saying I expect this or anything like that, I would probably still be interested in doing TMA because I just enjoy doing it and mm-hmm. this podcast, um, even if I didn't, quote, have to have it a, a job per se, just because I enjoy it. But she goes, you would then you would then feel obligated to not even obligated. You would just want to then work on another thing. You could you can't just I don't think that's the case. And the, and my, the only thing that I can present as an example to refute that is when I left television, I was like, I'm never going back to that. You know, at least that kind of television. Never, never even really thought about it. Doing television uh, with Fox Sports Baseball Across America in Denver, who I would have been, you know who would be my co-anchor? I think I've told you this before, but she's been in the news. So now there's your hint, and now you'll know. Carissa Thompson? That was my co-anchor on nice. Fox Sports Baseball Across America. Nice. And I would have held her accountable right then and there. Boy, would you ever have. In 2006, <laughs> when both of us were like in our, well, I would have been 29, but she was probably like 24. Um, or doing television, or two different things. So I was just like, yeah, I don't want, I don't need that. I don't need like the validation of like the olds to be like, oh, he's on local TV. He's doing well. Oh, he's on AM radio. Must be a fucking disaster. <laughs> don't care. So I, uh, I would love that, but then I would probably enjoy doing TMA and QFTA. I'd just be like, yeah, I'm going to do it from Jupiter. And if that's a problem, we'll just, you know, I'll just do it in house. And, right. you know, I understand if it's a problem because you don't want me to be the guy to, you say, well, Tim can do the show from Jupiter. Everybody else has to live in St. Louis. Uh, so yeah, I would, uh, that, that's where I am. I, I, I want to relax for lack of a better term. So I think I, I think I would be comfortable with that, but with TMA, um, I just still feel like we could do so much more and I don't, I don't, I would, I wouldn't listen. I mean, I'd listen, but I, I, there's no way anybody could tell me this thing has peaked. I just, the show's success does not surprise me. Not because of me, um, but just because I recognize what we've got. And I guess I would say, and I think people would say here, Jackson, at Hubbard, if they were being honest, that they are surprised by what's happened since we've gotten here. But I'm not, and I don't think anybody on the show is. I also don't think the Plowboy and Iggy and even Doug are as locked in so to speak on the metrics and the numbers because they don't have to be i'm not saying oh they should why the fuck would they know um but you and i do know it and that's why when um i guess i'll give a little peek behind the scenes of what went on in 2021 um i don't know if i've ever told the story before or not and maybe i have the 
Tommy Mattern download story? Mm. I know you know it because you were involved in it, but I don't know if the audience does. Did, did, did I ever talked about it publicly? I think so, but okay. I, can't, I can't remember where. We maybe on so many different platforms. Right. Sort of well, I know I was in Jupiter when it all started, um, and this was back in February probably of 21, and the direction things were going were going to be me going somewhere, but then everybody else not going. Uh-huh. And I just was like, I mean, I'm flattered. You know, you're going to get calls that aren't going to involve the other people on TMA. You know, that's that's what you know comes with a career. Um, and in this particular case, I was just like, TMA, you just, you're, you're overlooking it. It I recognize it's been on AM radio and all that, but you're overlooking it. It just it it's you don't want to just discard it just because it's been on, you know, KFNS and 1380 and 920. Just and he's like, okay, like, like reluctantly, he's like, okay, can you send me the downloads? And I'm like, yeah, happy to do so. And I guess it was you who sent me the downloads, right? Yep. And you sent it in a, an Excel spreadsheet. Yes. And I remember getting it and going, oh, if we were ne'er-do-wells, we could, we could just, just like any other, it's not a PDF, we right. could edit yeah. And then go, yeah, we got 3 billion downloads, <laughs> you know. So we were in the midst of doing TMA, and the next morning, and I'm doing it from the table I would do it for, from when I was uh, down in spring training, and you boys were back in St. Louis, and Tommy sent me a text and said, can you send me a screenshot of that file with the downloads? And right then and there, right then and there, I knew they became believers. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, once they got the screenshot, I knew that that download total, they go, okay, holy shit, maybe there is something there. Let's consider it. Because what that text said to me was, he's going, or the digital person at corporate's going, that's a really high number for a show that's on a, you know, kind of a random place. But maybe these guys are bullshitting. Ask them to send a screenshot of that download report. So help me. I might be wrong. That might not have been it. But in my mind at that moment, I go, TMA is now in play at Hubbard. Yeah. Whereas before it was just me as an individual. And, you know, I, you know, we're doing our own thing at Balloon Party and it's going well, whatever. But as far as this show goes, I just feel like we still haven't tapped into, fuck, I don't even know, 75% of what I think we can do. I really feel that way. And in a, in a way, it's almost... it. it um, you could make a case, I suppose it could be holding me back because I believe in it so much. So then, then you go, okay, well then what is it that you guys could be doing? And I just keep going back to social media. I'll say it every single time we were doing this with essentially, I don't know what social media presence. I mean, there is a social media presence, but relative to take your pick of other shows that would kind of fall into our world obviously this is national if you want to think like of a pat mcafee Mm -hmm. and the barstool stuff but that kind of thing is all about clips of the shows and getting it out and you can only do so much um so that is i just think that's that that if we did that and it and it listen it's obviously performing i say it's obviously we know it's performing 
And then it's like, okay, and then it just kind of like, then everything kind of stayed the same. Like, okay, and well, at that point, we fired all of our bullets, and this just might be what it is. And, hey, you know, I don't know how you'd be able to argue with what it is and what it's done, but I still feel like it can be bigger. And, yeah, the names will change over time, but, shit, I might not even be halfway done with it. I don't know. Or I might be in my final year with it. I don't know. I just feel like the thing is so unique, and it still has only reached a sliver of the St. Louis listenership. Yeah. I don't know how many, there's a guy I take my, uh, I, where I'm learning to skate actually. And he goes, oh yeah, I listen every day. And I go, really? What do you think of the, the Lisa Ann uh, thing? Because I felt like everybody I talked to <laughs> had an opinion and wanted to get my, and he goes, the porn star? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I've never heard her on. And I go, she's on like all the time. He goes, I've never heard her on. When do you have her on? I go, every Friday. She went to Jamaica with us. What, I, I don't get it. And he goes, Oh, I listen to the show on 101. You do another show? Which, to, to a TMA listener, sounds... Yeah, foreign. Yeah, because for TMA listener, it's all in all the time. Right. And have followed, like, so many moves. Whether you've done it since 2004, or you've just done it over the last year or two. But that's a big part of the population. Oh, yeah. And so, um, imagine this thing on a, you know... A bigger platform or you know I don't know so I just I just like so many people still don't know about it and it's so unique and when there are sports topics I feel like we do a hell of a job with them and when there's not the show isn't monotonous in my opinion anyway because we don't like force a sports topic and to me although I would say chemistry and making sure that you have people who get along behind the scenes working on the show would be, you know, right there as far as, you know, top ingredients. I would say that thing of not forcing a topic may have been the reason why the show has had the run that it's had. Because at the beginning of the show, we probably did force a topic. We actually got in an argument with our program director way back when, this is me, Martin, and the cat, when he's like, you guys aren't going to talk about the Olympics? Like, what the fuck? Why would we do that? You know? I mean, who cares? Yeah, some people do. Fine. But, I mean, why? we're not going to talk about it because we don't care about it. So we talk about things that we care about. And I am telling you. I am telling you. And take it for whatever it's worth. And I may have said this on the air and I may not. If I know I said it to James Carlton. In part, because you saw the lack of interest in Missouri football for a number of years on the show. Now that we're talking about it, and we also kind of had wagers tied to it before the season even started, in part with our audience, not like broadly beyond our audience, how Missouri football has become a big topic on the show and people are engaged in it one way or the other, Mm -hmm. it is because we are out there openly opining and being emotional about it. And so, therefore, people either pull for the team with us or because we are pulling for the team, they pull against the team because of us. It becomes kind of like if you're into a show, a character becomes the lightning rod in a way that's Iggy over the last couple of years. But the show was on well before, you know, Iggy was part of it. And you can have that, say, with the Howard Stern Show, or a topic, or a show, or a team, or a player can become a character on a show, even if that individual isn't on or associated with the show. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed that with Missouri football this year, whereas it was like a topic that we would like, oh yeah, we got Gabe on, Gabe will, you know, bitch about stuff, and that'll be amusing, but as far as like really breaking down Missouri, Jesus, nobody cares outside of like a hardcore sector. This year, it has got more mass appeal. 
And I think that's in part because everybody on the show has strong opinions one way or the other. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think Missouri football is a great example of that because you're right. When we would do our Gabe segments on 101 last year, crickets for the most part, just not much engagement. But now you're seeing much more so even with Gabe on or without whenever we talk Mizzou football. The engagement is much more there. People have are much more opinionated yes. on it, and I think that goes hand in hand. I think it really does go hand in hand, and it's it's really cool to see not just from a Missouri football standpoint, but to see people engaged on topics that they were once not so engaged on, is uh, is proof in the pudding for me. Uh, hold on a second. We got breaking cardinal news. I'm seeing stuff on my phone left and right. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Where's the plowhawk? Can we punch? Can we patch him in? <laughs> Lance Lynn, one year, ten million. One year guarantee, ten million. Thirty-six years old. Um, a lot of strikeouts last year. Not great in the RA department. But hey, welcome to the club, Lance. So, my math was the Cardinals had approximately fifty-seven million to build out the rotation. All right. There's still a lot of meat on the bone. 47 more. 47 million more. Yep. And take care of one of those starting spots. I got to tell you, though, I would much rather have Lance Lynn for 2024 for one year versus Aaron Nola for seven years, $172 million. Right. I'm glad that the knee-jerk. As crazy say. as that might sound, yes, Aaron Nola most likely will have better numbers in 2024. But I don't want Aaron Nola in 2028, yeah. 9, right. 30, and making – 23 million or whatever the hell it is right yeah i'm glad that the the first pick after noah gets the first play after noah gets signed is not overpaying somebody a big amount of money yeah. like a one-year deal is good yeah one-year deals are good i would love the yamamoto thing oh god 25 years old what percentage would you put that at the yamamoto being a singles cardinal next yep. year four percent I kind of like that. Yeah, I think 4%. I don't think any certain player would be higher than 5 so about as good as odds as anybody else. I might go higher than that, but I like where you are. I think that's probably where most people would go, or they might go lower. Um, we were scolded on the balloon party text line for a gentleman saying, what is it with the fake news media not reporting that the Yamamoto is likely to come to St. Louis? Likely. Fake <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this guy is just a Lars Newtbar Instagram guy or, right. or Well, that's what. gospel. Some people get their right? news from CNBC or, uh, you know, Fox. I get mine from Lars Newtbar's Instagram stories. No, this guy's, this guy's, when the Cardinals sign him, we're going to have to issue an apology. Even Newt though I didn't read it. Newtnet is what they call it. Uh, let's see what else we got. So Lance Lynn to the Cardinals while we're doing this. What is the best poker day story you have? Weirdest hand, coolest person you met, et cetera, et cetera. I'm surprised by the poker story requests I get on Balloon Party and here on this podcast. I always felt like that was like something like me and like three other people mm-hmm. were interested in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I'll try to make it something that's more appealing than like, yeah, and then the seven of spades came off on the <laughs> turn. <laughs> um, most money I won in one tournament was like, I think like $25,000 and it was in a $25 buy-in and that was Ooh. online. I believe it was something like I don't know. It was it was five figures for sure, and it wasn't more than twenty five thousand. Maybe first place was twenty five thousand, and I won twelve thousand. But I won more than that when I won a seat in the World Series of Poker in two thousand eight. 
main event, playing against some really good players at the final table. Phil Galfon was at that final table. Um, so I would say one of the things that stands out to me about it is how and it, this actually runs parallel to golf, but I don't think you were there with golf. I was there with golf when I first got back into it in 2016 and going, man, maybe I'm really, really good. And I might be like good for the greater population, right? but not realizing like how I'm not even, you know, like a PGA tour player could probably, I don't know about give me two strokes a hole. Give me maybe eighteen to twenty, and beat me. Yeah, you know, yeah. as a whatever I am now, a three. But even a few years ago, when I was more like a ten, just not having any grasp on how great right. they are and how great it requires. And so, in other words, when I went out and I won and I played in the World Series of Poker main event for the first time in two thousand eight, going out there and honestly believing, not hoping, but believing I could win the whole thing. <laughs> now, of course. I could, I could, but my conviction on the likelihood of it versus what the actual math of the likelihood of it were in two different galaxies. And it just is, you know, and I remember busting out, I guess, on day two. God almighty. It's embarrassing because, again, I'm seven years older than you are now in 2008. Mm -hmm. And busting out a guy named Jeff Bryan who finished like 27th the year before and won a bunch of money. Whatever 27th would get you, I think it's six figures. It's got to be. It might have been like three, 400,000 actually. And I knew he had played in the main event and finished deep the year before. Um, and I think he was – yeah, he, I think he was on my left. I think he was on my left, so I was betting into him. And I flopped a set of fours, and he had a gut shot straight on the turn, and he – you know, I bet, and he goes all in, and I'm just, I couldn't, you know, I'm like fumbling my chips <laughs> to get them all in. I'm so excited because there's nothing in my mind that he could have that could beat my set of fours, even though there's plenty of things he could have, looking back on it, that could beat my set of fours. And whatever came off on the turn gave him a straight, and I think he was playing a 7-5. Mm. So I think he, a 6 hit on the, because right. yeah, obviously a 4 had to be out there on the flop. Yeah, makes sense. I say this when I know like 3% of the audience you can even follow this nonsense, but I lost. I wasn't angry at him. Hey, that's the game. I, I would actually, I would absolutely play seven five now. I probably wouldn't have played seven five then, which also shows how the game's different. Um, but uh, I remember getting up and like I was like an angel <laughs> floating out of the Rio. I wasn't present. I was so despondent. And I go from the Rio, and now you've been to Las Vegas, so you know a little bit of the geography, and I was uh -huh. staying at the Hard Rock. Both of those places no longer exist. Right. Um, at least they're not their names anymore, and I think the Rio's getting torn down. They're on the opposite sides of the city. Hard Rock is super close to the airport, or was super close to the airport. So help me. I just went straight to the airport. I was lucky to get on a flight. I just sat there. I didn't talk. I think I stared straight ahead for the three-hour flight. Uh, my wife picked me up from the airport. Uh, she she knew to like just like yeah. she knew. Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> and I remember doing an interview the next day on we were at 1380 at the time, and you know Doug being Doug is just having fun with it, and I think I like snapped at him, which is the most embarrassing part to like snap at Doug Vaughn, you know. I mean, it's snapping is overstating it. 
but I think Jay was filling in too. And then you could hear his smoky laugh when I like, and Doug's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I don't think this is funny or something like that. I mean, just like, fuck off, you asshole. You had no chance. And what I look back on it with regret is, okay, I won. When I won that seat, I won a $10,000 buy-in. Well, what I should have done without question is like sell $9,000 or $8,000 of that buy-in, keep 10 or 20% of myself like a, like, like a, a business. Mm-hmm. And then for sure, view it through the lens of, oh, I just won $8,000. Now I got to pay taxes on it, but whatever. I won $8,000. That's sweet. And if I do somehow win the thing, I still have 20% of whatever first prize is, $10 million. I'll be fine. But it didn't even cross my mind. It didn't even cross my mind to do that. I mean, holy shit. I can't believe that. I folded ace, pocket aces, not pre-flop record. (laughs) (laughs) I folded pocket aces uh, after, I think, the flop, though. This fucking guy who I still think it was the right move, by the way. Uh, I don't remember what the hand was, but I had pocket aces and... uh, and I remember I got to know Chris Moneymaker, and I remember the one thing that he told me that stood out to me in playing in that event. He goes, if somebody is betting hard back at you, which means you've bet and now they're raising or they're betting, you know, they're leading out on the, the turn or river, it's just not – you can find better spots to take your stand on day one. There's just no reason to – you're so deep stacked mathematically. There's no reason – to, like, take a stand, you know, pocket aces, pre-flop, you're not lying, laying that down. I'm not saying that to mock Iggy. Um, but, I mean, I don't know what scenario on day one you would lay pocket aces down. I, I'm sure some people have done it, but might have been a mistake. Um, but after the flop, and this guy, and then the guy, I remember, after at the break, he came up to me, and he said what he had, which would have been better than mine. And then I remember talking to Moneymaker, and asking him about the hand, and he goes, did he talk a lot when you asked him, or did he talk a little? And I go, oh, he, he talked to me for like 90 seconds about what he had and why he did it. He goes, oh, he was bluffing you then. And I go, what the fuck? And he goes, yeah, when people talk a lot, they're bluffing when they just, you know, say nothing or right. you know, give you a short answer. That's when, oh, my God, I might, and I, I'm telling you, it's been 15 years, and in my mind, I still think it was a good laydown. But anyway, um, Playing against, I remember knocking out Josh Aria, who made a deep run. I knocked him out in a World Series event, cashing in a World Series event, not the main event, but cashing in another one. I just look back on it, Jackson. Like, my wife and I were talking about going out to Las Vegas here in a couple of weeks, which we're still talking about, but it's a totally different thing. And the fact that we would go out there for two weeks at a time and not even think anything of it and go, yeah. God, should we say a third week? And, like, that's just what we did. Right. I just, I can't, I like, I can't, and I was in my 30s. I just can't believe we did that. Like, that's such a four, and now we're like, I guess maybe we could go for three nights if your parents can handle the boys, but maybe it needs to be two nights. And we used to go out there, and, like, after four nights, I'd be like, fuck, we got to go home soon in, in 10 days. <laughs> right, 10 days. <laughs> I'm already getting down about having to go home. And then I would go, and I would sit, I would go enter these poker tournaments at noon, and I wouldn't see my wife, if I'm lucky, until like one in the morning, because that meant I kept playing. Right. What the fuck was going on? <laughs> I mean, what were we doing? And that's how essentially how I spent my 30s. And I played like maybe four rounds of golf in my 30s. Just so strange to me. I loved it. 
but I also can't help but go, God, what a fucking waste. Also, I can't help but think that way. I don't know. I don't know what the alternative would I guess I would have been playing golf. I guess. I wasn't even tempted to play golf. But I, uh, I loved it, and all my buddies played, and I guess I was making money. It might be a good thing that the government ridiculously made it illegal in the United States in 2011. Otherwise, I probably would have kept playing and playing and playing. Um, yeah, I uh, remember seeing Phil Helmuth blow up a couple tables over from me, uh, being at a table next to Phil Ivey, like, holy shit, when our table breaks, I might be playing with Phil Ivey, like what that would be like and how I would handle that. Right. Um, playing with Moneymaker, Moneymaker busting me out of a tournament. Uh, but we were friends at that point, so it was just like we were each going after each other, which was just fun to have that experience. Um, yeah, I don't know. And also, like, talking about how you got to be willing to die, you got to be willing to die, and then when the time comes, being a bitch and not being willing to die. <laughs> like, mathematically, I'm probably behind, and this guy's probably calling, so I don't really have fold equity. How many of you know what that fucking means? But I've got the nut flush draw on the flop. I got to shove here, and you just take your chances. And then I folded, and, you know, and it's just not how you, it's not, if I were playing like a $20 tournament on Bovada, I'm not folding. You got to play the same way there. You got to play the same fucking game. Same thing as golf. And I remember talking to Joe Strauss, the late great, at a break, and he was like super invested in, and not, he wasn't financially, but he was interested in how I was doing. He was a big poker guy. And he goes, no, oh, you folded that, huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you gotta you gotta you know, you gotta just be willing to die. The tough thing is when you have people who buy parts of you and you're not playing just by yourself, you feel like you gotta give them a sweat. You think differently. Yes, you, you, you do. That that that's it. That's yeah. the truth. That's Makes the sense. truth. That 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 part is the truth. Um weirdest hand, I would say the fact that I folded a set on the flop in a World Series of Poker circuit event is one of my proudest moments, as strange as that sound. I think I had a set of sixes or tens, and then a guy played it. He, I, w I was under the gun and raised, which means the first person next to the blind, and I think this guy just flatted, which means called, and then I flopped a set, and he raised, and then... I re-raised, this is all on the flop, and then he shoved, and I think I had sixes, I don't know why I would remember that, and the only thing that could have beaten me was a set of tens, and I sat there, and a bunch of people had gathered around the table, and I'm like, I think he got a set of tens, and I folded the sixes face up, mm. and he just sat there like... Couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. And yeah. like the table, it was like it was like a, it was like rounders. It was like, oh my fucking god, I've never seen it. And the guy like turns over the pocket tens. Yeah, there it is. And he just it like owned his life yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you know because he could have taken my whole stack if he would have played it differently. But hey, I mean, who's fucking laying down a set, you know? But I did. I just had a read. I don't know what to say. Um, so yeah, it's a hand I lost, but it's one of my. Favorites. Um, Quick question on Yeah, that. I'll take your questions. Because poker always interests me. It's something I know I'm not very good at, but every time I watch rounders, I just mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I wish I was good at cards. Yeah, that was like Teddy KGB getting pissed at Matt Damon for laying a hand down. Right, exactly. And it tilted him. Yeah. Let's, so you said he, he raised when you raised. I believe so. If he had just called your raise. Oh, yeah. And then waited till the, the, the turn. The, the turn, I should say. 
and some came up that assuming was, it's a what we would call blank yeah and you know i think it was a rainbow board with no straight draws out there i mean it, it. you know if, if if i did indeed have sixes and he had tens then that means there had to be a six and a ten out there right which then means unless a nine was out there and i don't think there was otherwise seven eight would be in my in his range as we right, call right. it because he just called me in early position mm -hmm. uh early position being under the gun plus one i'm under the gun he's next to me under the gun plus one again i realize i'm probably speaking latin right now but uh seven eight would be within his range i mean certainly he could add pocket aces sure sure you sure. know or even pocket kings and if the highest card out on the board is a 10 that's in play but again it was his behavior it wasn't just like the cards and that's what i'm saying like people will ask not a lot of people but you know it's been on QFTA and occasionally, you know, on the show, why I get good reads. And the answer to the question is the involuntary response, not the one where somebody could have time to concoct a voluntary response. It's an involuntary response. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Brief aside on that, and you'll go, how in the fuck did we go from that to that? But that's QFTA. Having watched the that JFK documentary, uh -huh. um, did you watch that? By the way, no, the I think you'd enjoy that National Geographic. I saw it. It's three parter. It, it really is good. I got to tell you, I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald did. No, I don't think he took a single shot. <laughs> I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald did. Because I've seen other documentaries. I've gotten into the. Oh, have you really? Look I've at gone you. deep on it. I don't think he even sent out. One singular shot. I mean, I am telling, again, it, I, this doesn't mean that, like, I have some infallible read <laughs> on human no. beings. I'm just telling you based on, like, the involuntary reaction, like, the look on his face when he was told he was charged yeah. with killing the president. He, like, double, did a double take. You know, I mean, it's just not how, if you, you know, it's just not how he, unless he's, like, on the seventh level, you know, at 24 years old as some goof who lived in the Soviet Union, I just... That's what I'm saying. How could someone who, in the midst of the communism scare, get from Russia to America and have no problems with it? And the Dallas Police Department happened to find the guy who killed the president in two, two, two hours, you know? He was in a movie theater. I mean... Uh, who's I, saying he's a patsy. Yeah, who literally said that. He, yeah, yeah. I mean... Holy shit. No, I don't. I, I. Oh, the guy who worked in the Texas Book Depository and who worked for the Soviet Union. Right. And we happened to find him. I mean. Who got two shots <laughs> off when no other Marine, Marine, not just human, Marine couldn't get two sniper shots off in that time. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've watched that and I, I'll say to my wife, I go, I got to tell you, and she kind of know, now knows after 15 years of this nonsense, like it drives her up the wall that I tend to be right with this stuff. And again, I'm not saying I like have some gift. It's essentially playing poker. You know to look for certain patterns of human behavior. Now the wizards then go, okay, I know this guy's looking for these patterns of human behavior, so I am going to give those tells off. It's a false tell. You know, that's when you're operating on these different levels of thought. 
Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't operating on some level of metagame when he was at. And by the way, how great is it? I don't know if you know this, that he gets arrested and then he holds up. No, he doesn't. The, the Dallas media, they hold a press conference with not with an attorney, just Oswald's taking questions like Dennis Gates following a right, game. Right. And then on live TV, he gets shot and killed by a dumb shit. Right. Another dumb shit. Yeah. Like, like, there's just, there's just no... <laughs> Who ran a stag bar, and the Dallas police went and visited the stag bar, and so they're all like, why was this guy down here with us? You guys were so worried about, you know, the risk of the health of your, you know, uh, criminal right. in the transportation of going a few blocks from the police station to the jail or the courthouse, and then this goof is down there? Well, we all kind of knew him because we went to his... Titty bar. Right. You know. Right. That had, <laughs> so, that, you know, Jack Ruby was a stag not, bar owner. That and that bar may or may not have ties to the criminal underworld. Right. Like it's it's there's just no way you can convince me that somebody with a lot of power or a bunch of people with a lot of power didn't know what was going on. I I'm like I wish I could bet it, but yeah, I mean it's no. just it's or what book's taking that oh one? Oh my god. And I really haven't had a real strong feeling on it. It's not like at fourteen I saw Oliver Stone's movie and I'm like, oh, you know. It, it Joe Pesci dipped in gold when it was actually Kevin Bacon, I believe, or was it Tommy yeah, Lee Tommy Jones? Tommy Lee Jones was dipped in gold. They were just like dirty debutantes and twisting each other's nipples. God, we Super don't odd. kink shame on this podcast. Not here. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, I just, it, it's the first time. I mean, I'm sure I've seen the exchanges where, you know, I'm not, I'm a patsy and right. the look on his face when they said you're charged with necessity. I'm just like, this motherfucker didn't know anything about it. He's like, what am I doing here? Right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, and he happens to have a black eye. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> this, is, no, this is crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, and I'm not big conspiracy theory guy, you know? No, honestly, this is like the one. This I mean, is like this the is, one. Like there's just not, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm not saying there was stuff on the grassy knoll. I don't know about that. I'm just like, yeah, I'm with you. Lee Harvey Oswald didn't do it. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's just like my thing. It's like I just don't see a situation where he, even if he took one of the shots, yeah. he would take this, like how only one person gets, you know, the, the crime of killing JFK is one guy. So he yeah, got hit with the, the, the officer Tippett killing. That's what he was initially charged with. Then he was just hours. I mean, this was very quickly. And then they interviewed the chief of police in Dallas. So a police officer was killed in Dallas. Right, right, Officer right, right. Tippett. I think it was J.D. Tippett, I think was his name. But they're like, well, we saw the guy who did it, and he happens to be in this movie theater. And then they go in there, and they get him out of the movie theater. And I'm just like, this is, this is so, I mean, to me, it's like, it's obvious. Right. He was just like a doofus who worked there. And they're like, oh, this is perfect. We got this doofus who lived in the Soviet Union as a communist, and everybody was being called the communist then, and we can pin it on him. Right. And it's probably somebody said, hey, you want to go meet me at the movie theater? And then he'd just be sitting right. there. But he got back into the country after being in the Soviet Union with no problem when that would never, ever happen. There's no citizen who could just go to the Soviet <laughs> Union and come back with no red tape. Who would have thought the poker question would ignite your JFK conspiracy? I didn't know that. Yeah, you got to watch this now. Now you got to. 100%. 100%. I'm and you got to finish it, unlike your shit with the girl next door, which is the biggest mistake of your career, by the way. It's probably up there. I've had a lot. <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, boy, we got a bunch of questions here. You got a dinner or a lunch. Oh, it's a dinner. Mm, uh, 12 early 30. Dinner. Uh, early yeah. dinner. Let me go back into I'm the good thread here. 12 30. I can Okay. I can, I, I, can, I, uh, I moved it back. Let's see what we got. Uh, ooh. Wow. Carlos Spicy Wiener. 
favorite tell of a faking douche while out in public. Mine's the sport coat at Napoli on a 25-year-old walking life insurance. <laughs> I've been out of the game a while now, but still fun to witness on occasion. Um, what's the 2020? And then somebody asked Carlos Spies, who What's the 2023 equivalent of the early 2000s, 20,000K millionaire? Caldwell Jackson, you might be able to answer that, but you don't really hang out at those places. Not, not really. I mean, I, I, I see it, and so, like... Where do you see it? I, it's so much more on, like, what you do on social media. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. It's, that's, that's the more of the tell. It's so obvious. I mean, it's just so obvious to me. Playing the role. I had another playing the role this weekend. I can't even remember what it was, but I'm like, oh, fucking playing the role. And I just feel, I feel a sense of sad. I really do. Because it, it affects my life in no way. But I just see it, and if it's like somebody who's kind of a peer, like somebody who's a close friend would never be doing it. Just because they wouldn't have the traits that we would be close friends. But like the brag on social media, especially from people who are like older than me, they go, God, what a, mm. oh, I wonder yeah. what happened. You know, right. figure divorce has got to be live, not making much money at this point, knowing they're going to have to pack a lunch for the next 25 years. Mm-hmm. You know, just like what makes you think, you know, like it's a, I don't, I just, oh, I don't know. I don't, so in person, I'm just not, at that stuff to see it. So I wouldn't be able to, so I agree with you. It would be social media, but then I'm not really following. I'll say it again. I couldn't stand by it anymore. If my wife started posting like pictures of herself in like outfit of the day, or I don't even, what else? I don't know. You would know the repertoire of the, (laughs) my closet must be bipolar because it keeps throwing me fits. Oh, God. I call the guy I worked with 15 years ago. I go, hey, we got to do work again. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm going through it again. (laughs) Yeah, that one would be tough. All OOTD. Oh, God. I don't even even have anything outside of the social media post, but I know we got a problem. Just I want to see my boys as often as possible, but I got to get away from this. I think any arbitrator would understand. (laughs) God. And for those of you who may have that situation, I'd say... Heads up, yeah. you know, now maybe you're fine with it. I never know what people's arrangements are, but, you know, if you care, that's probably a situation. The brags on social media have, have ranged. So- what, what do you tell me? Because I'm, I, I see it and I just go, oh, mute, and it's over and it's gone. It's just like, it's, I'll never see it again, but you see it. What are they? Mount Rushmore, what do you have? I got two, all I got is two okay, things. Okay, it's fine. George have, Washington and Abraham Lincoln. I have noticed a a pattern in newer companies usually selling something, almost Mm -hmm. always selling something, usually a good or service, as most businesses are, as I'm saying this. But newer companies with a primarily young, under 30 workforce will post (laughs) on Instagram. I'm just getting ready to throw my water bottle. They're the, the monthly top earners and their actual salaries. I'm not joking. Oh, God. And so when you think about it. Oh, what would be the upside to doing that for these companies if not to attract new people to come work for them? Why else would they do that? Which to me is a tell that you probably wouldn't want to necessarily work for these companies 
because all they're doing is trying to leverage yeah, your success. Yeah, churn, churn, churn. Right. Oh, wow. There's that. I was completely oblivious. I thought you were going to go after my girl, Ella Reese, and her Apple Watch posts. That's, sir, that's another thing. We'll get into that here in a minute. The second thing I see in this one, I saw it from somebody who I truly do respect and love, but I was like, wow, that is a new level. Name names. I won't. I won't because uh, I, I promise you this person doesn't listen, but either way. <laughs> would like take a screenshot from a company-wide email where that person got praise from their boss and posted on social media. They took a screenshot of praise they got in a work email. Oh God, I hate it so much. And posted on social media. I don't like it, it's worse than I thought it was. And posted on social media. And this is somebody you like and respect? Uh Huh? Do I know this person? that I do when you're protecting them. I don't. I, I know you don't. I know you don't. But this, yeah. Like is. if anybody on TMA did that. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I'd handle that. Right. Like, like took, like. I mean, we did have a raise announcement. That was, that was, that was, that was surprising. Surprising. I didn't have that one on my bingo card for the day. But like, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it happen where people will post success that they have in their company from company. Company emails, and I was like, wow. "If I saw somebody who I hired, and I guess that's only at this point Peter Rep and now KG in O Town with Sound Story, posting like a communication, a private communication with me, where I said, you know, like Peter worked his ass off to get all this stuff ready, and he posted on his social media, I don't know what I'd do. I'd, I'd probably turn to my wife and go, "What the fuck do I do? Like, I'd go, this guy and who I thought he was. Right. That's." Oh God! I didn't know that. I didn't know that one was going on. Right. I'm really upset now. And like, I, I guess because I'm like, you know, I'm trying because I, I like I said I like the person a lot. Like I'm trying to like think of a reason that I would actually benefit them, maybe from like you're always selling yourself kind of mindset and like putting that stuff out there is good, but ultimately like, don't take your my 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 thing is don't take your LinkedIn networks and try putting that on instagram and snapchat and twitter like if you want to brag linkedin's there that's where people brag so people bra- see i'm not even aware of that oh yeah should i have an active linkedin are you actively looking for work in a fortune 500 company because if not then no i'm not okay well then no i okay. don't think you need to have one personally i think you've kind of carved your own niche <laughs> i think if people you know any future you might have anything else like you kind of have a track record. I don't think you need a LinkedIn, but it certainly seems like it's what everyone else needs. So people brag on LinkedIn. Is that right? Oh, it's the place to go to brag. Is that Accepted right? a new position, got promoted. Well, you know, loving 10 year anniversary at this XYZ company. You know, yeah, 100%. Oh, God. It's where people brag and leverage. I really, brags. I didn't realize how ignorant I was and how happy I am with my ignorance. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who do really good stuff on LinkedIn and get gigs out of it and that's that what I'm saying. well and i'm sure that's the case but for the most part it's just there for people to brag about their professional life and that's cool really oh, that's yeah. what that is either talk about the new job they've accepted or the promotion they got within their company or some achievement they've just completed yeah that's what it is i had no idea yeah it's it's like a, a i have a linkedin page i think one for my hotmail account and my inside stl account so when somebody says hey we need to get that on linkedin i'll be like i don't know which fucking account is active <laughs> i don't think either are Either is, either are. Either is, either is. I think it's either is. I think it's singular, is. I'm good with it. it. Yeah. Thank you. God. Is the Apple Watch thing that Ella Reese does, Ella Reese Baby XXS or something? Yeah. Is that like from 2021? 
No, people still do it like crazy. And... What's that about? Letting everybody know they're working out? Yeah. Well, I mean, what else? You ever done that? I don't fucking know. I see it and it bothers me because I want to see pictures of that ass. Well, yeah, it's it's so what what was which of course is also vile, but that doesn't matter. That titillates me, so I'm good with it. Seeing that she burned 1,800 calories. Eh. Well, what used to be the gym selfie in the mirror? Oh yeah, is now posting your Apple Watch. Yeah, really? God, boy, you're teaching me so much. Or just like the picture of the Apple Watch. It's like, and then like always like tagging the gym you're at. Like kicked my ass this morning. Like, yeah, I could go run up and down Hampton. I went at Hampton Avenue, kicked my ass this morning. What? I should. Maybe I should. But, like, that's just not how it works. And So, yeah, that is, uh, that is the new one as well, is posting how your workout went. Uh, and I guess you could say, like, it's for accountability. There's always, I'm telling you, there's always, like, a way to weasel out of any Like the, what it really is, right. which is a brag. Right. But there is like, well, it's for accountability. So if I'm always posting it, then people like, and if I don't, people can call me out. I'm like, but who, who cares enough to call you out? I am in a conundrum. I got a really, and it was a professional email on how I need to take advantage of whatever situation is that I have. I don't even know what situation it is that I have. Mm-hmm. And be active on social media. And it was laid out from somebody I respect. Sure. So it wasn't like, you know, love to see pictures of, you know, the golf courses you're playing or something. Because <laughs> that would play so well. Hashtag relatable. Um, and I, and like, and you're letting like the 1% of like what the plow would call sads keep you from sharing what would be, you know, poignant. Mm-hmm opinions that maybe not people agree with, but you've just withdrawn from it completely. And I think it would be good for you to do it. And it was, it was laid out, you know, it was like a case sure. and I respected it. Uh, it wasn't for QFTA, but I respected it, but I'm thinking to myself, I just, I feel like if I'm just like guy who posts take on social media, that's not really who I am. And then at the same time, I don't really want to, like Anna Marie and I went out to dinner last night uh, for our wedding anniversary and like to take a picture of the filet I had, mm. you know. Brightness and like Max on the flash too, because everyone like, at the restaurant loves that. <laughs> I'm just like, that's not, that's not who I am. Right. And then like if I'm taking a picture of me and my wife, I already know what the comments are going to be. Right. And hey, that's nice that people find her attractive. Oh, well, I thought people were going to be like, oh, how'd she land you? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying what people have been scared to say. Right. But I'm like, that's not, because then, because to me, I'm like, in a way, I could see it being a brag. Like, people could take it as being like, hey, look, my wife is good looking. It just so happens it's been the woman I've been with for 15 years. I don't really view it through that lens at this point you know it's not like hey take a look at my trophy they were uh let me ask you on this one all right see where you are on this all right i'm anxious i'm really anxious because we were driving along on our way to our hike did i say that off air or on no you said castlewood yeah uh we were driving to castlewood yesterday and uh and then anna marie asked about uh, our son they were doing some like hoodies with their logos for their teams in, sure. in hockey, yeah. you know, and they're all you know, not NHL teams. They're all logos with the, the rink and whatever. 
And she goes, yeah, it seems like some parents were getting those. And I go, yeah, I said, I'd be in, I, I said, I put that kind of in the same category as, as putting a, a school magnet or sticker on the car. Right, right. And she goes, what, six and under hockey team he plays for? And I said, yeah, I said, I, I realize almost anybody who does it is not doing it like somebody who is putting a St. Louis U High sticker on their car or a Villa sticker on their car, which to me is a brag. And I, and I went there, and I not Villa, didn't get a chance, but St. Louis, I view it as a brag. Mm-hmm. Can't help but think it. Um, same with almost any of the school bumper stickers. You, you can't shake me on that one. The 26.2 thing to me is the, is the George Washington of them all. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm willing to hear otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because hockey is not an inexpensive sport. Nope. Okay, so you get where I'm coming from then. Oh, you're with me on this. It's not an inexpensive sport. Now, I'm really going into the, I'm like, there's just no need. And she goes, well, what about just for him to wear if he was excited about it? I go, then fine, but there might be some kids at his school or some kids who he's friends with who would love to play, but their parents said they can't for whatever reason. I don't know. Is it just, like, it's a six and under hockey team. It's just not, and it's like she was like, I really want him to, she was, she was really surprised by my reasoning. Like, I am adamant we don't flash. That's just how I personally am. I guess in a way it's how I was raised, um, I mean, obviously, I guess, maybe I say obviously, maybe it's not. Um, but growing up where I grew up and then going to school where I went, even though somebody like St. Louis, I, but humility was actually a uh, trait that was like the, you know, the trait of the people who were the ones you admired, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, it, it, where I went. And then when I went to Mizzou and I'm kind of like, oh, that's not necessarily the same mindset. And I personally think humility as weird as that might be coming from me, uh, is, is the trait that I admire. Like there's a difference between being confident and humble, I think. And, uh, and like flashing, I just have absolutely no love for it. Cause I know the people who have, I don't know all, but the people who have money and the ones who really, the real ones, <laughs> not, not putting that shit out there, you know, uh, and there are people who have money, like nice amounts of money, maybe a, you know, a handful of millions of dollars, which don't get me wrong, that, that counts. But I'm talking about like the deep, deep. They're not, they're not bumper stickering you, no. you know. <laughs> you know, bumper stickers, certain cars. So, yeah. so it's just, it's just not. So, so, what do you think about that? What do you think about the hockey hoodie? So him like wearing the hockey hoodie, or us wear? I mean, I, I obviously wouldn't be wearing one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that surprises you, but like if my wife wore one or something like that. Uh, it's tough for me to yes, like. I like that you're really pondering it. That's well, good because that shows that there's some meat on the bone. Right, and I want to walk. Uh, I want to like say on the outset, like especially like when it comes to kids and stuff. Like I am not an expert. I do not have children. So well, I, any of the, anything that a six year old is going to be wearing is going to be coming from their parent. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And I'm not saying it's wrong for them to do it. I'm just for me personally, me personally, especially with having a job that's somewhat in the public. Yeah. And knowing that even though there are people I don't know, they are aware of it. And also knowing that 90% of the people have no idea, nor could they fucking care any less what I do. Mm-hmm. But I just am conscious of that, especially in this city, which kind of has a thing with success shaming mm-hmm. for whatever fucking reason. I have no idea, but I am all in on that, too. I'm as passionate about that as I am at the 26.2 bumper sticker. Um, 
that I'm just like, hey, what's this, like I say here to the, everybody on the show, make the station money, fly under the radar. Yeah. Make money, fly under the radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, I see where you're coming from because, it, I mean, hockey, you're not wrong. Hockey is an expensive sport. And, yeah, I think if it was like putting your son's 6U hockey team bumper sticker on, you know, well, I mean, that, that would be like a brag. But, like, your son or your wife wearing the hoodie, I think, especially like going to the game, doing that, totally cool, totally get it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But, like, yeah, if you put on, like, your son's 6U and put it as a bumper sticker on your vehicle, what, I mean, what else could it be besides bragging? Like, your son's not going to be like, why is there not a bumper I'm sure somebody, well, I'm just proud of my son. I want my son to know him. And, again, I'm, this, is not, this is not for anybody who does it because I'm sure some of the kids who, you know, their parents are in the league will listen to this and go, what is he, you know, and I'm not. They just, they just came out. They just offered him to be ordered last week. So this isn't like I noticed that it's not it. I just my wife asked about it and I said, here is my reasoning. She already knows where I am with the stickers and the signs in the yard and all that stuff. You know, I just recognize not everybody has certain opportunities Mm -hmm. and grateful for the ones that we have. And God bless those who have the others. But I'm just not for me personally ever going to be like, yeah, you know, look at you know, look what we have, you know, or hate on somebody because they have and we don't. Right. I mean, fuck both those things. Right. So I'm just, so I'm hyper-conscious, especially on this one, which may be asinine. I'm very comfortable with the anti-school bumper sticker, and I don't care what school it is. Right. You know, I guess there are some where you go, oh, you know, and there's some where you go, why the fuck are they showing that off? But it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like, what, like I just, I, I still never understand the point. Like, still, yeah, what are we doing I'll here? I still never understand the point. Like to alert and I know this drivers. is hitting home for a number of people listening right now. I'm just telling you, for, this is for me personally. I know a lot of you go, I wouldn't talk about like my orgies, you know, on a show. I totally get it. Or the fact that you're not religious. I would never talk about that. Whatever. It's not, it's not, I'm just saying for me and for the home that I have, you know, 50% control of, this is where I am, mm-hmm. and this is my thought process on it. And it also has to do, in a way, with how I, you know, what my job is in, in my hometown. You know, this right, is right, a, a right. different set of circumstances. Uh, all right, 1209, and it, it came from James Carlton, so I'm going to ask it. And James Carlton always asks really good questions. Been thinking about firing this one off for a while. If it doesn't get you going, just ignore. How has advertising changed over your lifetime and even over your career? What do you think was the most expensive advertisement real estate when you were growing up? I assume live spots is still the most, ex- or live sports is still the most expensive advertising today. I was thinking about growing up. If I wanted to see movie times, I would pull out the post dispatch. I imagine that section would have been prime advertising real estate back in the day. Given your involvement with advertising as well as your dad's career, was curious on your thoughts on how marketing and advertising has evolved over the years. God, it's a, I bet he's asking this because we talked about advertising, I think, a week or two ago. Um, and I'm in the literally today is one of the most, you know, because we have these advertising campaigns launching in Seattle, Minneapolis, Cincinnati, and West Palm, and in other stations outside of Hubbard stations in St. Louis. And everybody's got a promo code, and I'm going to be able to track. And as they say, the math does not lie, so I can't wait to see who performs and who doesn't. I personally operate on the premise that the large cum, which means stations that would have monster ratings 
per se are not going to deliver as much return on investment for an advertiser as a show like TMA, which, as one of the general sales managers here at Hubbard has said, pound for pound the most, you know, the strongest show in the market or whatever. I don't know what the term was, but I remember you used the phrase pound for pound because pound for pound meaning you're on HD2 and yet the return your clients get is unlike anything, you know, anybody ever has seen for an HD2. And main point being, who the fuck's ever been on HD2? (laughs) Um, So... So when I was making my buys for Sound Story and going into markets where I've never lived, I've never lived in Seattle, Minneapolis, Cincinnati, or West Palm. I've certainly spent a lot of time in the West Palm market. Um, I looked at podcast downloads slash subscribers slash uh, listener retention through those metrics because to me, if you subscribe to a show, it shows that the show, for lack of a better term, the term I kept using over the last couple of weeks, is sticky. Mm-hmm. Um and those numbers, while they can be misleading, I suppose, you can't make hundreds of thousands of people subscribe to something. They do it willingly. Right. And that means that show has a higher chance than others of mobilizing an audience to con- convert to sales for your business. And that's, that's I hope that didn't sound too corporate jargony, mm. but that is, that is how I think. Um, so, you know... For example, I don't think we've talked about it. I don't think it's the biggest deal, obviously, which is probably why we haven't talked about it. But Balloon Party is the highest rated show on 101 ESPN right now. And how much time have you and I spent talking about that uh, amongst ourselves? The five seconds when we find out. (laughs) Because I just don't, it's just not, it's not the lens through which I keep score. And I always told people that. I said, if we ever get on a station where there are ratings and we're successful with it, I won't be running around, you know, it's what matters are the advertising dollars on your show and then the retention of those advertising dollars because that means you converted those advertising dollars into return for those clients who advertised. That's the statistic, which then means, which then, quote, trickles down to, oh, we pay Tim, Jackson, Doug, Iggy, Plowboy, X, mm-hmm. we generate Y and Y has to be greater than X. And why has to not just be greater than X by a dollar? It needs to be greater than X by a multiple of some form. And then if that is the case, TMA continues to exist, and we all want to continue to do it. Um, If, in fact, Y becomes less than X, then TMA's got a problem. And that is why it would irritate me, but I also understand it because most people in our business don't understand this side of the desk, if they are on no longer on a show or not getting hired or got fired and then go to Dan Caesar and talk about how they got fucked, they're like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could embarrass you and do apparently what goes on now in social media, which show, show your advertising revenue tied to you and go, hey, you brought in $400 in advertising revenue and you were making X, X obviously greater than 400 per year. That is why. Now, you can tell all your, you know, handful of listeners that you got fucked and whatever, and if that makes them feel better and then hate me or whomever, be my guest. I don't really give a shit, but I know you know the truth. And if you want to do the little song and dance out publicly, that's fine. But I know you got nothing, and that's why you don't have a job, or that's why you're not with me. So, you know, I comfortably extend both fingers in the air and just go, fuck off, because the math doesn't lie. So I am in the midst of that. 
And what we chose to do with this buy was we went through and we go, okay, this show, this show, this show, this show, this show. And these shows, these are the ones that we believe have the following. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to find out who actually converts that following into sales. And not just sales, because sales can be a reflection of the product we're selling, but who also converts it into traffic. So every so often, Peter Rep, who who runs MySoundStory.com for me, uh, you know, like the first spot that played in Cincinnati, just a rush of traffic from the Ohio area came in. Okay. Hey, they're listening, and they went to the website. You know, certainly you want it to be in sales when it's all said and done, but it, it obviously was heard and it resonated. And then we got another one that led to one visit. You okay? All right. We're monitoring this all, and we're going to learn. You know, the goal, of course, in any business is profit, but also information and giving our customers the experience they want, whether it be deliverable or price point. Um, that's, that's the name of the game. And so you study this stuff. You don't just go, oh, that's the highest rated station. So that's what we're going to buy. There's a difference between the highest rated station and a show that has an audience that is passionate about the show. And from my standpoint, I'd rather have the latter. That is where the client is going to get a higher ROI in my opinion. So James's question couldn't be more accurate. I think, I think the advertiser in 2023 is, is more sophisticated, not because the advertiser is more intelligent, but because the information available for the advertiser right. allows the advertiser to be more sophisticated. And you get that information so quickly. Absolutely. And instantly you can find out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So when we were talking about, you know, we did our seed round of funding for SoundStory, uh, and people, investors were going, well, then how are we going to find the shows that have the TMA, Riz Show, you know, kind of following around the country? I said, that, that, Leave that to me. I know the, the tells, so right, to speak. Right. Because every motherfucker is going to tell you their show's got a following. So you can't base it on that. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that focus on the ratings, that to me tells me a lot. But there's ways you can, you can see through the bullshit. And those are the shows I would advertise on. Uh, the sticky ones. That's the one because it all comes down to who can mobilize an audience. You can mobilize an audience. You can have a show. Uh, all right, uh, Jackson, you got a you got a lunch date with the boys? Yeah, there's going to be a female there too. But oh, Bill. Bill. Bill is right. My buddy's fiance. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Sweet, sweet Kai in town? No, I wish. I don't know when he's coming. Herb's ex? No, not Herb's ex. Herb's still, I think Herb's coming back this week. He's in Taiwan as of last week. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's where it all goes down. All right. And so, yeah, there will be a female present. All right, fair enough. Keep my eye on this. This lunch is going to lift your spirits. You'll be forgetting about Jackson State. I'm good, baby. Until her brings it up. I don't know. I just love Thanksgiving week. So do I. Probably three days of work, and then you get to have Thanksgiving, which is the best holiday. You know what I like? No presents. Now, Now that I have children, I guess I'm on board with the presents. But these guys are getting presents every hour anyway. So, you know, uh, but uh, uh, I just love hanging out and being with the family and no bullshit. No bullshit, no expectations. Of- All due respect, no religion, uh, no presence, just people getting together and hanging out and feasting, watching football, bullshitting, maybe having a nip of the cooking sherry. You, you might engage in coitus the night before. Mm-hmm. With you being out, and you, you're calling it Blacked Out Wednesdays. Not me. It's always been and always will be Skanksgiving. Thank you. Tradition but unlike any other. Other than that, yeah, I, I love Thanksgiving. I love the week before Thanksgiving. I love 
the Friday after Thanksgiving. I think it's all lovely. So, yeah, was, I'm in a good place. You're in a good place. All right, good. It makes me feel better. Time for us to shut it down. Thank you to Longo Biggs, online at longobigs.com, for sponsoring our studios. Thank you to James Carlton for both his question and sponsoring the podcast. He's online at carltoninsurance.net. Thank you to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. Dot com. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. And thank you to the great Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganast, and Ryan Cyberg for their support of the podcast, stlouisaccurate.com and Munganast, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota, for Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan from the Longo Big Studios. This has been the Tim McKernan Show.